What's up, guys? I was not ready. See, I was off for two weeks, and uh, and I was just off my mojo. Oh, that was the wrong one. There we go. But hey, I'm back. I'm back. Hey, nerds. You're back, too. It's good to be back. It was a nice little break, but it wasn't an actual break for me, though. I have been working my butt off on so many different shows. Like, you have no idea. Hold on. I got to get my TV ready up, y'all. That's right. I said it, y'all. Because I am uh, Midwestern, you know, and we say weird things. We do. We do. But there are several new recurring shows coming to Comics and Cosmetics. That words are hard. Several new shows coming to Comics and Cosmetics Live. Uh, we have the Comics Redacted, which I'm really excited about. And I might show you guys the new intros that I've been busy making this week. But Comics Redacted, which is unofficially, unofficially uh, proved by uh, Cards Against Humanity. They sent me a really huge gift. So, and that will be unveiled next weekend because next Sunday, next Sunday is the inaugural episode of Comics Redacted. Yeah, I'm really, really, really super excited for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I got a lot of work to do still this week on it, but holy smokes, guys. So Comics Redacted. Then we have Inside the Small Council, which has been so much work also, but also going to be so much fun. I don't even think you guys are emotionally and mentally prepared for what that show is going to be like. I'm going to have an accent, guys. Yeah, I'm going to really, really humiliate myself for the entire world to see. And I'm going to do an accent. I'm going to probably lose every single friend I have in the UK. Um, my family's in Ireland and uh, England and probably New Zealand will all, will all disown me. But you know what? It'll be so worth it because it's going to be fun. <laughs> It's going to be some fun. Um, anyway, so we've got those shows. We've got Comic Clash. We're going to try Superheroes and there hasn't been a whole lot of interest in it. Um, but I think it's going to be fun. But we're going to try it. If we're going to treat, treat it just like a regular pilot. If the numbers aren't great, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No big whoop. We just move on. Because I really think we can fill the time up with redacted and inside the, the small council and everything. I think it's going to be a good time. And of course, got a lot of big news with the Belgium project. Um, friggin' the first episode is pushing 150 views already, which is the fastest I've had any non-live episode of Comics and Cosmetics move, which sounds kind of silly. Um, because a lot of YouTube videos go way faster. Um, but we've already been picked up by the APT Coalition of America. They want to do a feature in their In Motion magazine and online. And they want me to guest speak at their annual youth camp for children with limb discrepancies and missing limbs. Which, if you watch the Belgian Project, 
that's this girl right here. And episode two is going to be pretty in-depth. It's it's going to be more of a backstory on my diagnosis, what I grew up with. And I know it's not comic books and stuff, but this is a pretty important project I'm working on. So thank you guys very much for your support on all of that. And there are so many new designs on, or how do you say that? There are so many new designs available at our merch store. So definitely, definitely check that out. Also, and thank you, Shield Wall. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We've hit 900 subscribers. That's so cool. I have no idea how that happened. So very cool. Thank you guys so much. I'm just amazed that 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 has that's just I don't know why you guys like me because I'm really awkward. <laughs> but this is fun and I appreciate it. Thank you, Shield Wall, and thank you everyone who tunes in and checks us out because it's a good time and I totally appreciate it. So tonight uh, we have a really fun show. Oh, and thank you, thank you, Shield Wall. Shield Wall is actually going to be joining us in inside the small council and and on some comics redacted so it's gonna be fun but tonight we've got some good stuff lined up for you um tonight we are going to be talking about the science of superman i love the science and soups episodes i love this the the soups and psychology episodes i think they're some of our more fascinating and more just meaty conversations and this time I actually have physicists I have a physicist I have a physicist and uh, we also have Final Frontier Jake with us again tech the tech is an engineer right I think so yeah he's gonna be a little late but he's with us tonight too so I have people that are way smarter than me which will probably make me go cross-eyed, but that's okay. I have my handy dandy notebook. That's right. Watching Blue's Clues with my kids growing up taught me to always have a notebook. So without further ado, grab your beers, hold on to your butts. Let's introduce Care. What is up, Care? Hi, 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 how are you doing? I'm good. Um, good. I met Care on my page on Facebook. And he's all the way in Austria. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I grew up in the, the West Coast. I grew up in uh, Arizona. I was actually born in Los Angeles, California. But I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> did you say I'm sorry? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Anyone not from that side of the uh, you know tends <laughs> tends to say that as well. <laughs> uh, but I've been over here for nine uh, over nine years now, uh, working in aircraft safety and radiation studies and. Uh, yeah, I just sort of made it a home here, and uh, I haven't moved ever since, and they haven't kicked me out yet, so uh, I decided to really stay here. <laughs> My grandfather would love to just chew your ear off. He just, he actually, um, I will never truly understand what it was that he did. I know he was an engineer, mm -hmm. but he also, um, so I'm from St. Louis. And he helped build the St. Louis Arch. He tested oh, cool. metal uh, oh, wow. for it. 
but he's always been fascinated with planes and flight and oh cool yeah oh yeah and when um i lived in fort hood texas mm -hmm. i remember bringing him on post and taking him to see all the blackhawks and oh, and, really all cool. that stuff. and he was just he couldn't stop talking to <laughs> every single person that had ears or was holding a wrench or <laughs> if i tell him about you he's just oh well, i got a couple questions i'd like to ask i mean i study a little bit different of things i don't really study the aircrafts themselves i actually study how cosmic radiation affects people in aircraft oh god that's um, so fascinating but it sounds really flashy but really i just i'm, I'm more like a, a human calculator with a physics degree um you're a mentat <laughs> yeah something, something like that uh don't don't <laughs> not not quite that sharp um but, <laughs> but uh i mean i'm a huge dune fan as well so right off you got me there um <laughs> but no i i i haven't really the nitty-gritty is not that often in industry I work yeah. in industry, so it's not so often where I actually get to do a lot of fun stuff like mathematics or actually do some research. Um, so it's mostly you know the business end of the, 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 the industry that I work with these days. So mm -hmm. it's less exciting than I'd like it to be, but it's still nonetheless is quite quite a fun science, quite a fun science. Well, that's, this is why you are here today, <laughs> the fun science, because I have always felt like. I mean, science was fun anyway. I, I've, I've always thought that. Like, science was fascinating. It was fun. Like, it's how the world works, you know? How how the Legos of the world are put together. That, <laughs> that's just cool to me. It's a good analogy, yeah. No, it, it, science is, is, is wonderfully fun. It's, it can be intimidating, but, you know, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's insanely fun. Especially just to even just talk about like the conceptual science is probably one of my favorite things in the world. It is really... more conceptual than Superman, than, Correct. than comic book characters. Um, I had a conversation with my oldest son one night. Um, we were actually watching the sci-fi channel show Krypton. Okay. About, um, I think it was Superman's grandfather. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to date myself here. My oldest son is now 23. Uh, he'll be, oh God, he'll be 24 this year. <gasps> um, so we were sitting on the couch watching this show. And we're, you know, we're talking about how Krypton had a red sun and how it makes sense that the uh, Fortress of Solitude on Earth was at the North Pole and it was made of ice and, you know, everything because Krypton had a red sun. And because red suns are cooler than yellow suns, Krypton would be colder. And so naturally his Fortress of Solitude would be in the North Pole and made of ice. And we're like, that makes sense. And we just kind of looked at each other like, how did these two teenage boys, mm -hmm. like, did they, was that an accident? Did they accidentally stumble onto this? Was it on purpose? Like, that's kind of cool. And it just, I mm -hmm. swear to you, we were not stoned. We were just <laughs> watching TV and just blown away at how much sense it made. 
You it know? does. It, it, it does make a lot of sense. And I mean, when when it was written, I have no idea when the science and like like planetary science really came about. Um, and so we had, for example, uh, when you talk about planets and other solar systems and things like that, you talk about the habitable zone of the of, of the of the star, which is just a range um, of sort of a radius. So how close and how far away from this star can you be and still have life? Uh, essentially. And that's really not based on the, the temperature of the star. I mean, it is. It's a change is based on the temperature of the star. But it would give you roughly a constant temperature um, from like, so if you have a, let's say a red sun or something like that, that's cooler, uh, you'd actually be closer to it if you had life. So it's an interesting thought because I think there's a strong possibility that the people who were coming up with this or the writers of this probably had the same line of thought. However, science changes, of course, uh, okay. as we find out more, you know, more data and more things. So it might not be exactly mm, sound with, say, a scientific theory, but it definitely uh, it makes perfect sense to think about. And it, it, it's an avenue that you, I, I would say, is like the most logical one to really explore for that. That's that's a really cool thought. I'm trying to Google when this specific scientific discipline like when we started really realizing that um the different colors of different stars meant you know hotter cooler temperatures but i think my keyboard is currently haunted <laughs> and it just yeah. it's either not let's see when it's either not typing or it's typing a bunch of things and we've we've known for for ages. I mean, yeah. for for ages, ages and ages that the different uh, temperatures, sorry, different colors, a different temperature. But in terms of where life could happen in, in a different solar system based on the temperature of the star, I don't know when that science came out. Mm -hmm. um, so I, mean, I can't remember. I think it, I can't remember her name. She came. It was, it was actually it was actually a it was actually a female astronomer who came up with the uh, category uh, the categorization. Uh, the category types. Sorry, I've, I've been awake for 15 minutes now. <laughs> it's 2 a.m. here. Um, it's okay. <laughs> so um, I can't remember her name, but she came up with the um, the, cat, the, the the category scheme for uh, categorizing stars based on their color, based on their color, therefore based on their temperature. So it's been around for quite some time, like probably the 1800s, I think, or something like well, that. Well, it says here, because I finally got it to work, um, the nature of stars and their colors like their, their nature was really discovered in 1860 when gustav kirchhoff recognized the dark lines in the spectrum of light coming from the sun were caused by different elements absorbing different wavelengths uh, blue stars were discovered um blue stars weren't discovered until 1995 Interesting. That's weird. Let's uh, let's look up red. Why is blue stars hotter than red? Hello, have you seen a butane flame? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. When were red stars discovered? All right. Well, it says early in the 20th century when the use of the Hertzsprung-Russell diagram made it clear that there were two distinct types of cool stars with very different sizes, dwarves, now formerly known as main sequence, and giants. It doesn't say when, just early. So this was all very new science. They were all new studies. 
And these two 17-year-olds, poor children of Jewish immigrants, put this shit together. <laughs> and just like, hey, check it out. What's up, I mean, Amanda? <laughs> how long do you think it would, I mean, how long do you think they spent developing or thinking about this? Or how, not under the influence of things, but I mean, like how, I don't know, how... You know, the conversations must have been must have been must have been must have been must taken place over a long time. I I don't know. Like this is when we need Jake here, and I don't know how late he's going to be. But Jake is like the Superman. Let me see. Mm -hmm. Let's see. No, he hasn't said anything. I don't know how late he's going to be, but Jake mm -hmm. is the Superman guy. Like he knows everything about Superman and he's absolutely brilliant. Um, but I do know certain pieces of Superman's mythos were pieced together over time. Things were mm -hmm. added over time. Um, like he wasn't able to fly at first. He could just jump really high. He could jump over things, mm -hmm. which I was like, why do you have the cake? If he was just, just walking around with a cape. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with walking around with a cape. I, I really don't see a problem with that. <laughs> um, you know, certain things like that. And yeah. he wasn't so indestructible at first either. You know, he wasn't, mm -hmm. you could still, you could take him down with poisonous gas and everything. Um, okay. That those things were kind of built over time. But I'm wondering... I'm wondering, like, because there have been books written on this. There have been mm -hmm. books. There's been, I believe, a documentary that Hal Sparks was in. Um, like actual, actual scientists have sat down and discussed Superman. Like, really, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, <laughs> just having flashbacks to the conversations we had in our we had an we, we had a lounge. <clears throat> When I was like uh, undergraduate and graduate uh, student, where it was literally just for physicists, so physics majors and physics grad students, and the conversations we had, you know, around around two o'clock in the morning, were often like this. You know, they were just roundtable discussions about superheroes, science fiction ideas. I think at the time there was a lot of Battlestar Galactica talk there and things like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's discussing possibilities and i mean the it's interesting because at the time you're trying to sort of exercise everything that you've learned so you're what you're trying to do is you're trying to pick it apart at that point mm -hmm. um but it ends up your nerddom still comes out in the end basically and you really look at it and in the end you really sort of just start talking about your appreciation for it and your what if what would we have to change to make things work for superman or to make things work for this spaceship or or things like that so you find yourself really just discussing uh how really this again yeah just just the science behind it but in a very positive way of course like so one of the things here well all his powers that i was able to remember well i wrote down what i could like x-ray vision mm -hmm. um telescopic vision um except he can't see through lead which makes sense x-rays can't see through lead um, he's invulnerable. He has super hearing, flying. He's got the heat vision, the ice breath. Um, 
why do I have, I don't know what that word is. I can't even read my own handwriting. That's a problem. But he's, you know, he's super, super strong and, you know, mm-hmm. very, very tough. But he's super caring too. We can't forget about that. But the first thing that really got to me was the the red sun thing. That's what kind of kicked mm-hmm. off my fascination with, with the science of Superman was the red sun. You know, if, if that lined up, the red sun thing, if that lined up, what else would? Um, and so I started looking into things. And it turns out that the guy who wrote one of his most popular books, it was in 2005, it was Superman mm-hmm. Birthright. It was written by Mark Wade, who was a physics major who dropped out of college mm-hmm. and became a comic book writer for Superman. Hmm. And he was like, it just seemed to make, just seemed to make sense. <laughs> you know, it just seemed to make sense. <laughs> I think if you spend your time thinking about things like that, physics and astronomy a lot, and you know these little nitty gritty rules, and you know these little things, and you, you, you thought about, even, even not in the light of, say, writing a superhero mm-hmm. or anything like that, you, you, you kind of think to yourself through your studies, like, wouldn't it be cool if you could do this instead? Or... One of the weirdest things you learn uh, or, or you sort of explore is with the mathematics and you play around with things. And, you know, if you do mathematics incorrectly, you can do things like accidentally invent perpetual motion, for example. Mm-hmm. You just do your calculus slightly wrong and you can literally come invent perpetual motion. And these are a lot of common pitfalls that we make uh, as, as, as physics majors and students. Um, and so you might find yourself accidentally doing something like that for an assignment or something. Wouldn't it be cool if the real world actually did work this way as mm-hmm. opposed to how it does work where we have, you know, non, we, we can't have perpetual motion. It takes energy to do anything. It takes work to do anything. Um, so maybe it, it, it's, it's easy. I won't say it's an easier stretch because they're more inclined in this way, but they spend so much time thinking about what is possible and what isn't possible that maybe it's sort of a natural step to say, what if we put this inside of a person or a superhero or something like that? And then, allow them to do these fantastical things that we just sort of think of. And I think that's a, that's a, maybe not something exclusive to physicists, of course, but just exclusive to people who think about <clears throat> these types of things, you know, maybe, maybe it comes easier to them. Well, and it's, it's just a fun conversation to have. It, it's oh, more of sure. like, um, it's not really a, Oh, can we really do this? But how right. can we explain it? Right. You know, exactly. What if, what if conversation like, how can we explain, you know, Superman being so strong, his mm. ability to fly? Well, Krypton exploded because its core became unstable. It had, from the comic books, we find out that it had an incredibly dense core, it, like a super, super dense core, and it became unstable and radioactive. And that's what made the planet explode. Well, if it had this incredibly large, dense core, then its gravity would be so much stronger, would be so much many times more than what ours is. So Superman would be used to that. His body would be tuned to that kind of gravity. So when he comes to Earth, his body's like... This is 
for us, like being on the moon, you know? Yeah, this is nothing. This is much easier than I'm used yeah, to. Exactly. Yeah. And mm. what some physicists are, have postulated is that actually Krypton's gravity would be many thousands times. Because Krypton was, the planet itself was so much larger mm -hmm. than Earth. So the gravity would be many thousands times what Earth's is. So here, he would really have to concentrate to keep mm -hmm. his feet on the ground and just to pick things up without, you know, without just yeah, accidentally it. throwing them across. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I've, because I'm such a massive nerd, I've thought about things like this. Mm -hmm. Like, if it is so difficult for me to pick up a fragile, dry leaf teeny tiny mm. dry leaf off the ground and not break it imagine what superman feels like picking up a beer bottle i mean he would ha have had to spend so much of his life his childhood preparing for that imagine what his parents must have gone through <laughs> like it's, you're just an infant and you just crush everything that you pick up i know like <laughs> And that leads to so a, many more questions. That's an that's an interesting thought that I never thought of. <laughs> it must you have been an insane. <laughs> listen, and there are, we have to be. If we're going, we're going all the way. You, okay, sure. we're, we're going all the way. There are bodily functions that we mm -hmm. have as humans that we cannot control the force of. Right. Okay, we'll be friendly about it to start and say mm -hmm. sneezing. We can't really control the force of our sneeze. Okay. What happens mm -hmm. when Superman like, has a full-blown sneeze? Or like God forbid he has like allergies or something. There's a yeah. chain of sneezes and then there suddenly goes there's an a entire town. Or, mild, mild tornado hits the city or something like that. Imagine I mean, if, imagine <laughs> the dumps that man has to take. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes. But I mean, did you, <laughs> all right, did you ever see the Kevin Smith movie Mallrats? Duh. Of course. <laughs> I, 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 I just have to make sure. But Brody has this discussion, and he, he tries to have the discussion with like several different people. I think throughout he has the movie. An excellent, excellent point. <laughs> he There's has such no a good point in he, there. The only woman that Superman could possibly have a child with is Wonder Woman. Is Wonder Woman. <laughs> and he literally goes into that. What does he say? He, only her fallopian tubes are strong enough to hold. Superman, basically. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely right. He would shoot out the back wall yeah. of Lois yeah. Lane's uterus. I think he literally said that the, the man must blow a load like a shotgun or something yeah. like that. <laughs> that's exactly. That's, yeah. I, that's physics. Like, it is. <laughs> that is physics. Because it's a bodily function that we have absolutely no control over the force as it exits our body. 100% um, correct. <laughs> Absolutely. I, <laughs> but so he's from this very, very large planet that's so many times larger than ours. And it has a much denser core and a many times higher, you know, gravity. Mm -hmm. So he's already got that. And He's also from, you know, it, it also has a cooler sun. So he's used to a much lower level of radiation. 
So his body is used to, I would say, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if I have the brain power to compute what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> Pardon me. But it's like he's used to this lower level of radiation, but he's used to this higher level of gravity. So it's like his body has to work harder on Krypton. So it has to work harder to use what little radiation it gets to move with that heavy gravity. So when he comes to our planet with much lower gravity, but a higher source of radiation, he's able to more, his cells are able to more efficiently process our, mm -hmm. you know, hotter, better radiation. And then bam, he's got superpowers. It's interesting because this is one of those avenues that I really enjoy where you sort of, um, you don't really invent, you, you sort of think of this, I'll say logically, uh, but you, you sort of think of this sort of uh, method of giving him superpowers. And there's not a whole lot. I mean, you, you, can, you can talk about energy storage and things like that. And where does he actually store this energy that he's using, you know, within his body or whatnot? Mm -hmm. So then you have questions like, does it make him extremely heavy? How does this work, you know, re relativistically speaking? How is he taking this energy and storing it as potential energy and then using it as kinetic energy? Um, but if you ignore that part, it gives you this great avenue of saying, this is just the magic of Superman. And now we're going to be able to give him powers, you know? Um, mm -hmm. There was this wonderful, what was it? There was a quote from Carl Weathers, I think on, on Twitter really recently, where someone was complaining that Katie Sackhoff's hair was way too perfect every time she takes her helmet off. Yeah. And he just said, that's just Star Wars magic. Forget about it. But, you know, of course. But you, you have an avenue like the high energy sun and things like that, uh, giving him these powers and you don't need to think of real ex you know you don't need to think of every little tiny ex you, don't, you don't have to pick it apart too Fictional much characters <laughs> again more 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 kevin smith but i mean <laughs> exactly exactly these are these are fictional characters um <laughs> and as long as we're getting through to everyone um then uh you don't have to just you know it, it's fun to not have to pick it apart it's fun to just say hey this is exactly what it is we're, we're describing it this way and let's just go with it. We don't need to have a perfect explanation. We just have a physics or a physical explanation for it that works for our purposes. And now exactly. we're going to give them superpowers. And it makes, I mean, as long as you're able to make that distinction and not have to really, you know, question and dig further and further, it makes it way more fun and it makes it way more enjoyable, these things. I completely <laughs> agree with you. And, and for me, I think that's a satisfying enough answer. Exactly. Um, he comes from a planet that has, you know, a bunch more gravity and much, you know, lower radiation. And mm -hmm. so now he's a lot stronger and denser and his cells can process radiation a lot more efficiently. So bing, bang, boom, superpowers. You're welcome. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool that way. I think. It's, I, I totally agree. I think it's cool as shit. <laughs> um, now, like I said, he, he wasn't able to really, fly at first it was more of like a super jump he could just jump but later on he was able to they added the the powers of flight and at first they said that it was just 
like he was creating a graviton field around mm -hmm. him. So being, you know, like magnets, he's just using this magnetic ability to, you know, opposite polar, same poles push off mm -hmm. each other and right. push himself around the planet. <clears throat> um, or now they're saying it could also just be friction. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's more of, I, I like the, the gravity that the <laughs> gravity is just so light to him that he can just do whatever. It, it makes it more fantastical, I think. Mm -hmm. And I mean, anytime you throw in a, a, a fancy physics word or a fancy method, a, fa a fancy physics explanation like that, it makes me happier. I'm usually more satisfied with it than, uh, than anything else so I, i'm for the graviton one as well yeah. graviton's more that, that's that's more my alley graviton field just sounds cooler absolutely it's, it's creating a graviton field <gasps> exactly yes it, it, it makes it seem like they've done more work and more research into, into how these things are actually working in, yeah. in, in, his, in his world now one of um the the things that one of the things that did kind of, I don't know if it bothered me, but it was like, okay, come on. Because they did, they do kind of point it out in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with, mm -hmm. um, why can't I say his name? And he's so dang cute. Andrew Garfield. Mm -hmm. uh, Gwen, Gwen Stacy actually dies because of terminal velocity. Mm -hmm. um, when Lois Lane in the Superman, the motion picture, she falls. Mm -hmm. Now she's reached terminal velocity and Superman goes to catch her. Mm -hmm. She would be hurt just as much by Superman catching her. Once she's reached that point, once she's reached terminal velocity, right. this dense, super strong character just grabs you. And suddenly you come to a stop. Yeah. Or you slow down substantially, your brain is going to detach from its Everything. and create jello inside your skull. Mm -hmm. Like, <clears throat> we've got to find a justification right i mean the, the impulse is so high yeah so i mean it's it, there's no difference between being caught at terminal velocity or hitting concrete at terminal velocity yeah. if you stop in the same distance you have the same amount of let's just say uh, the pain is the same um so yeah uh, there's actually a, there's actually a, a a physicist who wrote an uh an entire book on this the science of superheroes and i think he actually talks about spider-man catching uh, someone and he actually talks about how she would still be dead in the uh, I think it was Mary Jane. She'd still be dead in the anyways. She would still be dead. So um, when the Green Goblin accuses her or accuses Spider Man, I think it's the I, this is I'm recalling this from years ago of killing this person. He doesn't believe it. No, she must have been dead first. And then you know the physicist describes later. No, it doesn't matter if she was alive or whatever. This would have killed her anyways. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, Spider Man. He's not wrong. Right. <laughs> you have to you have to respect his opinion there. Actually, like, is Superman creating some kind of magical, you know, like anti gravity spatial 
bubble, buffering bubble around them. That's that's I don't know what could stop something like that unless you actually put airbags in the brain. I don't know what could stop that. I have no way. I mean, there's there's no real. Yeah, I mean, uh, distance is distance. Uh, so really, if unless you unless you make something else up or or, or come up with something else. I don't think there's really a good way to, uh, yeah, to, to stop that from happening. You just have that's, to, again, you, you just have to sort of consign that it's just sort of Superman magic. Yeah, that that's the one thing I, I couldn't just really, uh, I really couldn't come up with the, mm. you know. <laughs> there was no real, no real good counterpoints, yeah. really. Like, yeah. Oh, they, he's just, I don't know. He's Superman. He made it happen. <laughs> Just but, did. Yeah, but I, I think that's that's sort of the yeah, we all have those discussions, but I think it's probably an interesting discussion. Um, so you, you, you said you have children. Are they also into a lot of like comic books and, and things like this <laughs> yeah. as well? Perfect. That was their mother's milk, poor things. <laughs> they, they, they had no choice. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, well, this, my youngest one, she's not really into it. Um, she's kind of a country girl. And my oldest daughter, how she rebelled is uh, she's into anime. Like, oh, okay. I did study Japanese for a year and a half when I was younger. Oh, so boy, <laughs> I could see from the background that that is rebellion in your household. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it has to be an interesting experience being an adult and explaining this to children who are, who are thinking about this for the first time. And that, that's where I wanted to go with that. That question was. I don't have children myself and my nephew was born after I moved here to Austria. So I really don't have interaction with, 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 with lots of younglings um, who ask these questions for the first time and then having to think about this as an adult and explain it and just have to go, it's just Superman magic. Stop. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you have more experience with that than I do. I have, um, Oh gosh, I have a picture somewhere of my boys who are, 23 and 21 and at the time I think they were four and two and one was reading a Batman comic and the other one was reading a Hulk comic Great, and they were awesome. sitting on the comics looking at me going you know big cheesy grin <laughs> and then there was another time I think a couple years later um, I was tucking them in at night and we were in a new place and everything and mm. I me and their father had gone through a divorce and I said, you know, I'll always be here for you. And I'll go through any lengths to protect you and take care of you. And my son, my youngest son, Kessler, said, like, like when Wonder Woman went to Apocalypse, when Darkseid kidnapped Superman. And I said, that's <laughs> absolutely that's a, right. You are, you are my boy. <laughs> and then my baby. Oh, God. And Shield Wall got me right in the cockles of my heart. Absolutely. <laughs> He's asking about Superman and Wonder Woman's daughter. I'm like, that's Lara. <laughs> no big whoop. Okay, so um now when his when soups first came out, his mm -hmm. suit wasn't invulnerable like him. In the early comics, you would see tears and rips in his suit and it mm -hmm. wasn't until the 1930s serials started coming out mm -hmm. um that it was actually those shows that invented the idea that his suit was made from the blanket that was in the uh the ship with him 
Um, I had this question actually when I was thinking about this the other day about his suit and as to why why he wasn't naked after every battle basically because his suit would be destroyed. So oh, yeah. this is good. This is good. <laughs> so she would um how did she sew it? Like she very carefully like sewed it together. I don't even remember how she did it. Like how do you do that? How did how did she cut his hair as a child? I have like all these questions. Like, I I, th I thought about this actually uh, again when I was sort of just pondering to myself at the, at the pub the other day. Um, how it, not about hair cutting, but how you know what makes Superman invulnerable? And one of the ideas was that his skin cells are just insanely strong. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was hilarious because I had this great idea that, and this is this is this is the this is the experimental physicist in me that if you wanted to go and figure out who Superman was. You just need to hire a bunch of people to just go and gather dust from all over the all over the city and just start analyzing the dust. And you can eventually find super strong skin cells in dust. And then if you find this, you could just sort of track, you know, you, you, could, you could mosey Here's around. The thing. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Superman's telomeres don't break off like ours do, like our cells do. Okay. So he doesn't age like us. So chances are you wouldn't be finding Kryptonian skin flakes laying around. Okay, so I couldn't like gather a bunch of Kryptonian skin flakes and like make my own little super suit out of it. Nope. Damn. In I fact, have, I, I have my heart set on that. He sneaks off because there was a, oh gosh, it wasn't that long ago that they put this in a comic mm -hmm. because it came up like, how does Superman get his hair cut? How does he keep clean shaven? And um, I'm a hairstylist, retired now, but that was my career. So, of mm -hmm. course, I'm going to ask that question. How the fuck is he cutting his hair? Like, is it just to stay that length? So, <laughs> what he, a kid asked this question, too. And so, their solution was he convinces the barbers around. Because the barber's like, hey, clock, how come you're never coming in and getting your hair cut? Mm -hmm. So he convinces them that he's secretly bald. And what he does is that like once a month or whatever, he flies up to the Fortress of Solitude and with mirrors in his heat vision, mm -hmm. shaves his face and cuts his hair. Interesting. That's probably the only, that's probably the only way you can do that. Yeah. I mean, just picturing a, a trash can, like like a giant industrial trash can full of like really dull, you know, Gillette razor blades or something. Like, <laughs> like one, <laughs> two, three. Basically, basically yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's not just, like it's, he, could, he could really use a, a kryptonite razor or, or anything like that. That would that be would, super painful, though, wouldn't it? That, that he <laughs> like, would, it really hurts would, to shave. And there's so many different types of of kryptonite as it is there's mm -hmm. <clears throat> hold on like let's see types of i want to make sure i've got the right thing so of course we have green mm -hmm. green is the one that weakens him and can kill him red actually changes his personality and makes him like the total antithesis of this it makes him like a bad guy okay. um blue what does blue do 
this one's the duplicate. It's harmless to Kryptonians, but deadly to Bizarro. Oh. And then you have White. White is deadly only to plant life of any world. And you've got Gold. I think Gold gives humans Superman powers. But there's so many, so many different types of Kryptonite. Mm -hmm. But the Green is what what weakens him. So if he tries to shave himself or cut his mm -hmm. hair with it, it's just going to like kill him. <laughs> just going to make him die shaving. <laughs> oh, so I guess that he's not going to make it tonight. Jake's not going to make it. That's a bummer. Okay, We're doing okay. He's on kid duty. We're doing okay. Yeah. No problem. Um, he's got little ones still. They feel old. All mine are pretty much grown. Um, but yeah, I that would. There was this. Okay, so Batman is super paranoid. That's like his superpower. Right. Super paranoid. <laughs> yeah. And he has this collection of his own weapons. To take down everyone in the Justice League, just in case. And his deterrent for Superman was a kryptonite ring. And he had the spear too, but he had this kryptonite ring. And mm -hmm. he beat the shit out of Superman with it. Like, he really, like... So, if, there, if anyone had... A kryptonite Gillette razor. It's probably Batman, and he's probably, probably shaves with it just to be a shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just <laughs> imagine that. Just has this is a picture. This is a picture of Superman in the corner. Like, there, just fuck you, Clark. <laughs> what is that like? Like Mac Mac from Predator, where he's just like nervous, shaving, all sweaty, just staring at <laughs> staring at a picture of Superman. <laughs> I've got it out for you, buddy. <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So, I was talking about how apparently I went really into depth with the uh, the processing of the, the sunlight. Mm -hmm. um, because I have in my notes, I have like so many pages of notes. We may not even get there. Oh, we will. We'll be fine. Um, I only got like one more page. So, apparently, I wrote down. That well, obviously, I don't know if everyone else knows, but we get vitamin D from our yellow sunlight. Mm -hmm. Um, well, it's one of the places we get vitamin D. I got a I got a sound bite for that. I don't know if anyone could hear it. There <laughs> it went. Oh, I got it. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's how we get that. Um, if a if Kryptonian hemoglobin would be more similar to chlorophyll because it's got this red sun mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's cooler and they're not used to it as much and they got to store it a different way and they've got to process it this different way. Um, it would make it more efficient to processing radiation because that's how plants get their food. Right. They turn sunlight into mm -hmm. chlorophyll and that's how they eat. 
So if a Kryptonian is processing radiation the same way that plants are because of its, because of their heritage, Mm -hmm. then it would be like food. They would have more power-ups and they wouldn't really need to eat. Do we ever really see Superman eat? I actually do not know the answer to that question. Uh, I I personally haven't. Um, No. He would be like almost like a solar powered vampire. Let's see. Superman. That's the opposite of solar power and vampire are pretty much mutually uh, exclusive there. But um, interesting. Yeah. Well, Here's, I I have proof that he eats. Let's see. Get my Superman eating. There we go. Let's try this. Whatever. It'll work for me. Because sometimes it's slow. I get my new computer Wednesday, and I'm very excited. Very cool. Very excited. In fact, Jake, who was supposed to be here tonight, um, he built it for me. Very nice. Yes. Very excited. I don't remember what I named it. Damn it. I do this every time. Superman. Oh, it's an AVF. Screw it. Anyway, (laughs) this picture of him eating a whole bunch of cheeseburgers. But I think a lot of people have asked this question of mm-hmm. does Superman need to eat to stay alive? That's, I think that's a legitimate question because here he is, you know, he's super powered. He's processing sunlight like a champ, you know, is, is food really all that necessary to him at this point? Does he need other nutrients besides what he can get from the sun then though? Right. I mean, plants do and plants do need nutrients from, from from other sources as well. Water, so I mean, right. water, and absolutely. Fertilizer, fertilizer. I mean, <laughs> this is <laughs> this just reminds me of like Goku eating like in any episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, sorry, to, sorry, to, sorry to rebring that up. <laughs> no, but I mean. Plants get most of their mass from carb- the, the carbon and carbon dioxide. So, I mean, like most of their body doesn't come from the sun. It comes from processing other materials. So, I mean, yeah, maybe he needs maybe he needs 300 cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to go back to sleep after this and basically probably fall asleep thinking about that image right there. This is a really good question from, from Twitch. Like, can he get fat? And if he can get if he can get fat, can he burn it off by flying for fun? I, mean, I think we can it go would jogging. be really, really effing hard for him to get fat. As efficiently as he's able to process anything. Yeah. I think Superman would have to just lay there forever in the dark <laughs> eating 5,000 yeah. cheeseburgers. Like but I mean, he must, he, must, he must run hot anyways, man. His, his body temperature must be on fire. Like, his metabolism, oh, just yeah. like, his just ambient consumption of energy must be insane. I mean, 
let's just say that not all of his strength comes from storing energy of some sorts. Because think about it, you have to make the motion still somehow. You can't just store, like, you can't just utilize energy without some sort of medium. So he's got to have these just huge, like, you know, just, 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 he's got a big gun show. And just to maintain that probably takes a ton of energy. And well, so, and if Superman goes to Mexico and drinks the water, will he get <laughs> the runs? Um, um, Superman's strong, but Mexico's water might be stronger. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm just for that. <laughs> um, but say this is a really good point because Superman has a new power. Well, it's relatively new mm -hmm. um, and he can only do it once. Uh, he does this solar explosion. He has this ability where he can now store solar energy in all of his cells. Mm -hmm. So he can ex exude all of that energy all at once. Okay. And just kind of burn it all out, just explode it everywhere. So I think that's um, kind, of, kind of the answer then, right? Yeah. Like he, could, I, if he I wants think, to lose weight, he could just literally just start raging. Right. So maybe if Lois leaves him because he blew that hole out her backside of her ear. You really call that leaving? <laughs> Like she survived and she goes, I'm out of here. Superman. I'm out of here. That was two third times a charm. I'm out of I here. I now have an extra hole out of my back and uh, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to have to, I'm leaving you for Batman. I'm leaving you for Batman. He already gave me a ring. Ha -ha. He gave me a, a really nice green ring and uh, so a, a lifetime supply of razors that never go dull and they're green too there you go <laughs> and he gets really depressed and he eats uh like a whole lot of cheeseburgers mm -hmm. and he gets a little tubby and he decides you know what i'm gonna go kick it with wonder woman i'm i'm ready to uh you know run on some hose before i settle down again Right. And uh, he just flies so out wild the space and explodes that solar energy and gets right back into shape. You know what? Fuck you, Superman. That's really not fair. That's if not you... cool at all. Yeah, I no. agree. <laughs> like, I'm not okay with this power. Like, no, I, I'm not okay that he's got the best of everything. Like, literally exactly. everything. And uh, <laughs> what the hell? Isn't Tank, that, I'm going to need you good... to hit that like and subscribe button right now for ruining my day. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that <laughs> yeah thanks tank um isn't that a common complaint though about superman is that he has too much power for a lot of people to really relate to his struggles or anything like that it's the problem is is that he tends to be one-dimensional because mm -hmm. um he's and it's the point of his character the point of his right. character is that he's good for the sake of good. He's not supposed to have faults. He's not supposed to have a dark side. Right. He's supposed to be goodness and hope mm -hmm. and love and, and joy. He's supposed to be the Boy Scout, which mm -hmm. is why it was always difficult for me to to get on board with him. I was mm -hmm. always Batman, Wonder Woman, you know, that end. Sure. Um, but he does serve his purpose, and that purpose is hope. But that... That mm -hmm. is something that Superman has struggled with in modern times is that he does tend to be a little too one dimensional for modern audiences because we like things to be more ambiguous because 
art imitates life and life is now more ambiguous. We've got a lot of stuff going on right now. Have y'all been on Twitter? Have you been on Twitter? Uh, no, but <laughs> actually I haven't, but um, <clears throat> strangely well, enough. Social media period, period yeah. is just angst and anger and pissiness and everyone's pissed off about something and it's all extremes. Mm-hmm. It's all this side or that side. And mm-hmm. if you are not on one of these sides, they don't have anything to do with that you're a psycho why do you mean you can understand both sides (laughs) it's all just everyone's angry at somebody else and they're angry because of these reasons and those reasons and it's just why take a break watch some superman or read some superman and uh, you'll be fine but because of that He's he's struggling, and I can totally see why James Gunn is like, look, we need we don't need the Snyderverse mm-hmm. story right now. It's it is too dark. We need the Superman you want to hug. We need the Superman that makes you feel hopeful and happy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he people like Marvel because Marvel is um, in the business of making relatability average Joe. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh yeah, I totally get that. I would act the same way if I got bitten by a radioactive spider and woke up with an eight pack. <laughs> That's exactly what I would do. But DC has always been in the business of morality tales, stark differences between right and wrong, good and evil, what you mm-hmm. should do. Interesting. I never do that. Okay. I, I never looked at it that way. Well, it's, interesting. When people ask you the whole, you know, are you do you like Marvel or do you like DC? It's comparing apples and oranges to me. Right. They're two totally <laughs> different things. Yes, they're both comic books, but they're two totally different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Superman, he is kind of a one-dimensional guy because he doesn't have that that struggle, that darkness. Mm-hmm. But I think. Today, it's just as relevant as it was when he was made, because it's it's needed now probably more than ever. That's an interesting take, and I like it because um, I, I, I I agree with the take actually quite uh, wholeheartedly, uh, especially in the interpretation. Like, yeah, I'm not on Twitter, but I am on social media. I'd be a liar if I said I wasn't. Um, but and and I see that, and it's even in my own even within my own friends group. Like, I grew up in Arizona. It's a very this way and that way state. It's, 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 it's pretty, the it's, Florida of the West Coast. It is the yes. That's not a. I'll, I'll never admit that, but you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> um, thanks. Um, you're I just dislike Arizona a little more now. No, um, <laughs> but no, it's it's. I have such a wide variety of friends on the let's say political and moral spectrum. Moral spectrum. That sounds horrible. Political spectrum. Let's say. Um, and I hear every single different argument, and the, the arguments that I and, and the points that I hear less and less every, every 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 year after year are just average middle takes on things, or or, or I, I want to say the averages or the uh, not very one sided arguments, and it's hard because I me being here, yes, we have our we have our problems too, but like my politics in the U.S. are now like nine years old. Like yeah. I, my slang is nine years old. My everything is nine years old, which is weird. Mine I, too. 
<laughs> I still say things that nobody ever says anymore. And I, you know, I'm my, my older sister, like, you know, she's a teacher, so she hears everything very quickly. Um, she's has, she has much younger speech than I do. I'll say that much. But yeah, I, I never hear those middle ground arguments nearly as much as, as, as I used to. And uh, maybe used, that's maybe that's why we need Superman still. I used to say, um, I used to say that I'm a, I'm libertarian, you know, land of the middle ground. I'm libertarian. I'm like, oh, screw that. I'm a freaking anarchist now. <laughs> okay. right. It makes more sense now. I don't like any of it. <coughs> um, but uh, yeah, we need we need Superman. We need a a real Superman because dear God, just, just kids are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um. But speaking of Superman, mm -hmm. as we were, his vision. Okay. <clears throat> so, if he has X-ray vision. Now, it seems like a lot of the movies and the TV shows and all of that, they really couldn't nail down how they wanted that to be perceived. Was it an actual X-ray where you could see the bones? Or... Mm -hmm. Could you just actually see through the walls and see what was going on? And how far did that go? How powerful mm. was it? The show in the 50s that had George Reeve in it, mm -hmm. um, they seemed to really understand how powerful that kind of thing was uh, or how powerful it could be. Uh, there was right. one scene where... They tell him, he tells Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane and a scientist, like, you guys should leave the room and probably leave this floor because when I do look, you know, check these knives out and stuff, I don't want you guys to get hurt by the radiation mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm going to be using my x-ray vision to look at them. And I was like, oh, 1950s is totally beating the pants out of 2000s because I... <laughs> That makes sense. When you go get an x-ray, what do they do? They put a lead apron over your giblets. Mm -hmm. And the x-ray technician goes and stands behind a barrier, protecting mm -hmm. their giblets. This is actually my specialty. This is actually what I kind of, kind of what I study for a living. There um, you go. So, I mean, there's a reason. First of all, the x-ray technician leaves because um, the energy you're getting per x-ray is not very high. Um, it's equivalent to about... A few hours of, of, of aircraft flight, actually. Um, so it's not actually that bad. The reason why the technician leaves is because if they are getting this over and over and over, it's mm -hmm. called the stochastic effect. So mm -hmm. it's sort of like smoking tobacco, right? Tobacco has a lot of polonium-210 in it. It's a radioactive substance, and uh, tobacco roots absorb this naturally from the soil. Um, and over time, this radiation damages you as a smoker, right? once twice whatever it's not gonna hurt you every, you know, for, uh, over the course of a year generally but if you over the career of a smoker let's say this damage is it, it, it's cumulative it doesn't go away after time it stays there and so if you continue to do this uh for example if you continue to get x-rays like remember back in the 50s when they would do like x-ray parties and things like that or whatever yes. and, you know, people actually started to develop <laughs> Sorry. Um, no problem uh, issues because of having too many X-rays, and that's you know that's that that's dangerous, of course. Um, but X-rays in themselves are relatively 
I don't want to say harmless because they are they are they, they, they does contain ionizing radiation. But it's a little overkill to say leave the room. I'm I'm going to perform one X-ray. I mean, if you want to do safety for the sake of safety, of course, then leave the room. There's no point in you being here. Then you might as well leave. That's reasonable to say. Um, but one X-ray is not going to harm anybody. Um, like you, like I said, you get from a few hours of of just commercial aircraft flight, you get the same amount of damage to your body as one X-ray. Uh, one not one X-ray is in one beam of light. One full imaging, basically. Um, so it's not quite that bad, but I, I thought the x-ray idea of Superman's x-ray vision is a very interesting topic because it really is hard to explain how he actually sees, how he actually sees this way. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, your eye is a detector, right? Your eye doesn't actually go out and doesn't reach out and see something. Right. Your eye actually only receives stuff. It's a camera so lens. It's, just, it's, it's exactly like that. It's exactly a camera lens that is sensitive to a certain way from from a certain wavelength to another certain wavelength from basically red to, to, to basically like violet or blue. Um, and that's it. If he's able to see x-rays, first of all, he the way they portray it a lot of times is he looks through something and it appears to be an x-ray, right? It appears like an x-ray. He sees through a wall, but then he sees things on the other side. The weird part about it is, is you would actually have to have x-rays come back to Superman to detect them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if he's emitting x-rays, he still has to have a way for those x-rays to come back to his body for his eye, for his detector to actually see something. Like, does the film come out of his mouth and then he's like... Right, oh. he just... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like he pulls it like a, he pulls it like a tongue. Um, no, but that's the problem is that the thing is, if, if you're seeing through a wall, you wouldn't see through the wall or the things behind it because you have to have those x-rays come back. You also wouldn't be able to see the bone or the lead or anything like that, because those aren't reflecting x-rays, they're absorbing the x-rays. So the reason why you see them on an x-ray sheet is they're actually not, like they're, 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 they're a dark spot and the photographic paper is behind the actual mm-hmm. object. So mm-hmm. that's why you're seeing, you're seeing the absence of x-rays, but there's no return. So to me, I think it's, there's, 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 there's room for wild speculation as to how Superman actually would have x-ray vision. I liked the um, the interpretation in the Brandon Ruth Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. I think that movie is very underrated. I think Brandon Ruth is a very underrated Superman. He definitely felt like the spirit of hope to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that movie, his x-ray vision mm-hmm. was in x-rays. He just could see through walls. He could see through right. things. He just had very powerful vision. And it it was kind of like a like a telescopic vision, like he was seeing through molecules. His vision was just so pinpoint like an mm-hmm. eagle times a million. He could just see through these things. And maybe that's what it is. He's mm-hmm. just so sharp sighted that he's seeing through molecules, seeing in between Spaces. It's interesting because that that does it it, it it brings back a little bit of the the it's just Superman magic type type talk and right. again that's what I have a lot of enjoy what, it's, I pull a lot of enjoyment from this sort of thing because it, it makes me not have to think about what's really going on mm-hmm. and it's nice I mean I, I I'm a, I'm a fan of fantasy so why not have your fantasy in my comic books as well or my you know it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me whatsoever so I'm fine by that explanation. I just, you know, if you want to, but if you want to have a real explanation as to where it comes from, it's really difficult to talk about. 
in, in any sort right. of realistic interpretation. And, and to take it a step further, you know, his heat vision. Mm -hmm. How the frell is heat coming out of eyeballs <laughs> that are made of goo. Eyeballs are made of jelly. <laughs> They're made of the, they are made of jelly. <laughs> They're made Correct. of the jelly. So is it is it like <clears throat> is it that that solar energy he's storing that's coming out? Is it an mm -hmm. electrical charge? Is it a magnetic charge? Like what exactly is it? And how is is his Kryptonian physiology or his cells that dense in his his efficiency just so efficient? that his eyeballs aren't melting out of their eye sockets every time he's certainly vision. but also like you know it, it doesn't like the, he, when he, when, he, when he uses the vision on earth he doesn't superheat the air around him either that'd be another thing that would be strange to see like yeah. if i were to heat visions like 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 a, like, a, like a metal door to melt that door they'd put that much energy onto that door it also has to travel through the atmosphere as well so that would just like superheat everything around him pretty much. And that would be another problem. But, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I, I have no idea how that would look per se, but it would certainly have consequences that never get spoken about. Yeah. And that one didn't get brought into the character until 64, okay. I don't think. And that's one that definitely was not based in science. That one was definitely, okay, so it's the Silver Age. Mm -hmm. And the Silver Age, I don't know if you're familiar at all or how familiar you are with comics, but the Silver Age is kind of, they got da 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 comic books. Okay, that's when we got Bat Baby and Batmite and Scottish Batman and I just some of the craziest shit in comics came mm -hmm. out during the Silver Age. Um <clears throat> And it was all due in part to the Comics Code Authority. Thank you, Frederick Wortham, you psycho. Um, this man decided that, ah, uh, it's these comic books that are turning the kids into crazies. <laughs> and he took it all the way to this. It was like some senator's wife got her hands on this book. And I see. And McCarthy, McCarthy was like, oh, oh, there we go. This is it. It's the comic <laughs> books. Wow. And so it was part of McCarthyism as well then. It was. And oh, wow. um, he put in the book that Batman and Superman were turning little boys gay. And Wonder Woman was turning girls into lesbians. And wow. <laughs> it was all bad news. And they, they should be. He wanted all comic books to be done away with. But That's, what I, didn't, I had no idea. Oh, I've got a whole Man, breakdown the, the, show. The song remains the same. Like it's the same conversations we have about random things today. Wow, oh. this is this is crazy. Okay. Well, I have a whole. If you're interested, I've got a whole breakdown video on it. Um, but it started in 19, 1954, and the comic code said. It changed the way comics were done for for many, many years. And mm -hmm. that's how we got a lot of <laughs> changes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Bat Baby. There is a Bat Baby. Batman was turned into a baby. That's a true story. And I'm 
try. Okay, once I get my new computer Wednesday, I'm going to finish my Silver Age of Batman video, and I will explain that one. Silver Age Batman is a wild effing ride. I can tell you. I really need to hear about Bat Baby. Uh, Shield Wall of Dragons is absolutely correct. <laughs> so, anywho, um, in order to combat this horrible thing that Frederick Wortham started, there was this Comic Code Authority, and they didn't really have any real power other than they had a stamp that they put on every comic book. And if you didn't get the stamp from them, then the distributors wouldn't buy the books and put them on shelves. So you had to play by the rules. Mm -hmm. No vampires, no ghouls, no this, no that. It was just a bunch of crap. So um, what started becoming popular <clears throat> were these wild space stories. You know, sci-fi started mm -hmm. becoming really, really popular. And so DC started saying, okay, we need more of this. We need more crazy sci-fi stories. And so we started getting really wild, crazy sci-fi stories. And so Batman got heat vision. Okay. That's where that came from. Give me two seconds. Yep. I am in the Midwest. <clears throat> and it is the height of allergy season Oof. for me. And I have a garden. Mm -hmm. And I'm out there twice a day. Woo! <clears throat> so, so it's palm. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where the heat vision came from. Super long story, even longer. Um, but yeah, um, one of my favorite comic uh, subjects is the Comic Code Authority because it is the dumbest shit. Things ever come out. I mean, it, 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 it's so dumb. It, it, I mean, it really, sounds like a. Sorry, go ahead. It, it finally died in 2009, 2011 was when it finally went away. That late. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, but okay. it, no one was, has really paid attention to it since 1989. Um, that's so it's, like, it's sort of like the uh, the uh, ex what is it the uh, es not the esrb like the explicit lyrics we used to yeah. always get the, the stamps on, 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 the, on the tapes back in the 90s and stuff like that oh, you yeah. know sold more cds tapes yeah. what about tapes in the 90s anymore are they about cds, 80s, we have CDs. i had tapes in the 90s because i was I a young one tapes. yeah cds were where it's at though but the cds were actually kind of stupid if you think about it because they got scratched I mean, I was a messy kid, so they were really hard to take care of. Tapes were so much easier. <laughs> Tapes were so much easier. Now, you couldn't go directly to a track Correct. like you could yeah. with a CD, but they were so much easier to take care of. Oh, so. yeah, for sure. I mean, finding, like, I mean, I was uh, finding tapes, like, way, way long in the future, if you still, if you still had tape deck somehow, they survived. We they survived. Found my boyfriend has uh, an older Subaru and we were at a estate sale and he found this old leather tape case and it was mm -hmm. filled with old cassette tapes. I mean, it had wham. <laughs> and, nice. Joby, and we were like, we, <laughs> yes, I must find a tape deck and we will listen to every single one. Oh, of we, these. The car had a tape deck. So it was, <sighs> so speaking of listening to music, mm -hmm. Superman, the supersonic hearing. 
which is easy to explain. Supersensitive tympanic membrane. What so if it is one... the same kind of tympanic membrane, but it's just super sensitive? Yeah. So finally, we find a power that is literally easily explainable. Like we just need an audiologist to be like, no. All right, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. My job I, is I say, really important. I say, I say easily explainable because I have zero knowledge of biology. <laughs> I worked in an audiology clinic mm -hmm. when I had my first son. I was like 20 years old. Mm -hmm. And I worked in this audiology clinic and making appointments for elderly people to come get their hearing checked. Do you have any idea how painful that is in Southeast Missouri, in the retirement capital of Missouri, <laughs> to call elderly people to come in and get their hearing checked? <clears throat> I this is, I cannot relate to this one bit. <laughs> Someone should have bought me an award. Like, I had elderly people call me back and say, my hearing's just fine, young lady. I can hear pocket watch from across the room. Wonderful for you. Wonderful. I still make $6 an hour, sir. <laughs> Please don't yell at me. Please don't yell at me. <laughs> Please don't yell at me. Oh, my God. And I think, finally, the last power we have is his breath. Now, we all know that he has the ice breath, and he has breath. Ice breath is super, super easy to explain. It's probably the most explainable power on the entire list. And mm -hmm. it's just as easy as this. Do this. Now do this. Which one feels colder? You're welcome. <laughs> it's an, so, it is, but to make it that cold would take something. Like you can explain it, it by saying that he has to somehow. It's um, something with his lungs. Like what is going on with his, his lungs? Like, does he have super compressor lungs? That's what I would say is that he has just, just compresses atmosphere. Very, very, like high, a very high pressure. Exactly. Or like, if, yeah, just like anytime you take something high pressure, you fill something up with low pressure. The gas escaping or escaping does what's called work on the surrounding mm -hmm. atmosphere and it loses energy. Mm -hmm. And when it loses energy, it's what makes it cold. If you ever emptied like a, like a nitrogen cartridge into a, a whipped cream can. Oh, yes. Or yes, like yes, that, yes. It gets super cold. Nobody knows what you're talking about, by the way. <laughs> I make, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, uh, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, I was young. Um, so, like, <laughs> any, sort of, any, any, any sort of compressed gas escaping into a, a, a area of lower pressure, it does work on the atmosphere and or the surrounding gas, and it cools down. And so you can get to very cold temperatures, Um my research project, so when I was a graduate student, I was studying the surface of Pluto, the uh, the former planet Pluto, and uh, dwarf planet Pluto. I actually went to university where Pluto was discovered. My weird random side story, my friend's father owns Clyde Tombaugh's house, uh, so he actually wants to turn it into a Pluto museum. Said. Sorry? I said I meet the coolest people on the show, I swear. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, just random stories of, be, of, 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 par, of of having college parties in Clyde Tombaugh's house. But I'm the only I'm the only astrophysicist there, so I'm literally sitting there like, you know, you know, in Ace Ventura when he goes to like Ray Finkel's house, 
and he's yeah. sitting there like this, like a giddy schoolboy, and he's like, wow, Ray Finkel's house. This is exactly what I was doing. It's like, wow, Clyde Tombaugh lived here with his, like, six children, but it's like a one-bedroom house, too. So, like, really, you start to think, wait a minute. This is a very... Anyways, that was a side story. But the uh, the cold stuff, the cold breath, I made or made, I worked with a machine that all it did was take compressed helium and expand it out into a copper rod or onto a copper rod and then evacuate it, recompress it, expand it out. Um, we got to temperatures as cold as, I think, 25 Kelvin, which is like minus 250 Celsius. So you're only 25 degrees above absolute zero. It's freaking cold. Um, so, I mean, if you can compress things enough, you could make insanely cold ice breath. So nice. you just have to find a pair of lungs, again, super strength, that could actually, you know, hold that much gas or, sorry, compress that much gas and then also expand it out there, expand it out very quick. But also, like, in a very focused direction, you know, it has that very cone of effect kind of thing. It makes so. me think of uh, when you're in high school or junior college in physical science and you're making those um uh lung things I, mm -hmm. I, words are hard okay you know you make the expandable lungs with the straws and the balloons ah, yeah yeah you could wonder if we could make superman lungs we probably couldn't use balloons. We no, use, no. <laughs> we could use scuba tanks. We get a hold of some scuba tanks, maybe. A scuba suit and some scuba tanks, and yeah. we could do it. Absolutely. Let's see. Let, let's do a little MythBusters episode where we see if we can make ice breath and we see if we can freeze something. Mm. I have no idea what we're, how this would work, but we'll try it. I make the dumbest faces on the show. Like I just caught myself out of the corner of my eye. Like I. Didn't <laughs> I don't even, um, <clears throat> that that would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Right? I am um, all for demonstrations and experiments. So that's why it's comics and cosmetics because, um, I mean, that didn't make sense when I said it out loud. <laughs> but I understand what you do. You, you, you do you do cosmetic experiments while yes. you while, yes. while you're talking. Yes. There's there's cosplay and stuff too. But I have friends that actually mm -hmm. work in the industry, uh, special mm -hmm. effects makeup, and cool. uh, sometimes they give me pointers. Mm -hmm. That's uh, not property of anyone. Gotcha. No. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, it's fun. <laughs> to see what we can rebuild. Absolutely. Like, what can we build? Like, these Ahsoka lightsabers, I made those mm -hmm. out of wrapping paper tubes. No kidding. Yeah. Wow, I like that great. what I can do. <laughs> like, let's see what I have first. And he gets, my one of my friends gets mad. He's like, well, not mad. But it's more of a, well, if you take this piece of wood, if you buy this, I'm like, no. First of all, it's going to cost money, and I don't have any. I'm a broke bitch, okay? <laughs> like, I, I reuse strip lashes. I clean strip lashes and rewear them. Um, <clears throat> first thing is I like to stretch my muscle and see what it is I can do. Mm -hmm. I have this laying around. What if I just take this and turn this into this? Right. It's the whole idea of DIY. I mean. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You get it. You get it. Exactly. But <clears throat> speaking of allergies that are just still driving me crazy. It's super annoying because it's 
night here. Um, <clears throat> it makes total sense that Superman's only allergy that we know of, thank God, is the kryptonite because that's what destroyed his planet. Mm -hmm. Green kryptonite is chunks of radioactive bits of his planet's core that went unstable and erupted and landed on Earth as well. <clears throat> so that makes sense. But it's weird at the same time because if he's used to such a low radiation level from his mm -hmm. red sun, but our yellow sun is stronger, gives off more radiation, and it gives him superpowers. You see where I'm I'm going with this? Yeah. It's too low. It's still too low. The the green kryptonite is still too low on the radiation scale that it doesn't bother humans from Earth. But it weakens Superman and could possibly kill him. Mm -hmm. Like, do microwaves make Superman sick? But it's not necessarily just a question of energy as well. It's a question of how well the radiation interacts with the the, the object itself. So, for example, when you're like when you talk about like a uh, the reaction inside of a nuclear generating station or something like that, how uranium two thirty five will fizz. So how it undergoes fission by absorbing what's called a thermal neutron. It's not a high energy neutron. It's not dangerous by any means. It's just the right temperature, the right energy for the absorption to take place. So it could simply be that um, the radiation involved in, 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 the, in the kryptonite is, certain, is, 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 is sort of just like accidentally a bane to this type of biology, if you know what I mean. Like it's possible it could not be even dangerous to us or it could be over long term. You just never know. But like maybe no one gets exposed to it for 30 years straight or something like that. So they're not getting the cancer from it or something like that. Um, but it's possible that the radiation is just the exact right type to be mm -hmm. dangerous to a certain organism or a certain molecule or a certain uh, yeah molecule, basically. Uh, but it's not for us. Yep. So it doesn't necessarily need to be strength of the radiation. It just needs to be the right type. That makes that makes sense. This is why you're the astrophysicist and I'm the hairstylist <laughs> that likes comic books. It makes good. We make good points, though. We make good points. I, th I think so. We're, we're a hell of a good team care, and I'm Absolutely. glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. I'm actually, I was, I was, I was really excited for this. Actually, I was too. I've been looking forward to this. Like, I, right. I took a two week break. I normally do mm -hmm. these lives every Sunday at the same mm -hmm. time, um, and it felt really weird not doing it for a couple of weeks. But mm -hmm. I was working on the channel the entire time. I mm -hmm. promise you all I was mm -hmm. I like steady, steady, like so much that my eyes were burning from working on the computer, like getting headaches from it. So no, uh... ah. <laughs> like <laughs> I need a break from my break. Thanks. Um, I mean, that's really all I had on, you know, his actual powers, but I did discover mm -hmm. that in 1995, um, the university of Washington, did a study on mice, a, a super mm -hmm. mice experiment. Super mice. Yes. And they discovered, you know, some of the caveat, I don't know, lots of complex things that I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, they discovered that after they 
did something with cadmium and other things mm -hmm. um, that these mice were stronger, more resilient to disease and injury. They had more stamina. Like they were legit super mice. And this was in 95. <clears throat> Interesting. I don't know anything I, about this. This is crazy. Okay. I have questions, concerns. <laughs> I, I, there's this just, I, I'm almost afraid to tell my boyfriend about it because <laughs> if, if you do Dave, this is just going <laughs> to add fuel to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting though, because uh, I, I don't know anything about this experiment, but what you said kind of reminds me of these people who do this, like it's called radon gas therapy. And oh, idiots. I, I, I say it with a little bit of a chuckle because it's insanely dangerous. Yeah, um, radon. Like it's it's radon. Like it's it's radon gas. Um, We've not heard about the the. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like any yeah, this is why you don't go into abandoned. Like there's there's many reasons why you probably shouldn't go into abandoned mines, but radon gas is one of them. If there happens to be veins of uranium or anything there, the radon gas mm -hmm. will you know, and it's it's dangerous. Um, but these people go into these like for anybody who doesn't who's listening who doesn't uh, know they go into these like uh, caverns these caves these natural caves that are natural sources of radon gas and they use it as therapy for things like lung cancer or That's... other other lung diseases or something and the funny thing is, is that yes it actually does over a very short period of time it does actually relieve some of the pain and 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 associated with lung cancer for example however you're just getting more damage to your tissue you're you're you're, you're essentially going to have more more cancer most likely um but yeah. you're getting a temporary relief it's 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 terrible so, so i wonder if there's something is, similar with that this is the uh paper mm -hmm. it's written by kathleen klein Mm -hmm. And um, it's when scientists at the University of Washington and Penn found a way to make super mice. They advanced the genetic engineering of animals and humans. That is scary shit. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's scary. Um, it's it's scary. I mean, it's got great implications and it's got mm -hmm. scary ones, too. Uh, anytime there's an advancement like that in lots in of great discoveries have both good and bad implications. Oh, absolutely. And it's all dependent upon us. Yeah. I mean, but science is always dependent. I mean, it's dependent on how you use it, you know, uh, absolutely. It, 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 and, and you know, that leads me to what I believe Superman's absolute greatest, greatest superpower of all mm -hmm. is, and his, that is his ability to inspire science and i totally flubbed that it would have been beautiful had i done it right but <laughs> <laughs> but superman does has this a uh, beautiful ability to inspire science and future mm -hmm. scientists and i hope that that trend continues i mean i really do at, too yeah look at the conversation we're having i mean mm -hmm. we've been talking for over an hour and a half about science and it's completely inspired by superman there are scientists out there who became physicists and engineers and geneticists because they read superman growing up and mm -hmm. they wanted to know the answer to the question or they it's, just wanted to ask the question for fun it it, it is it's, it's it's fascinating to me how how inspiring things like this can be like I'll say fantasy, sci-fi, all of this stuff to 
inspire people to really ask questions about the real world itself. Mm-hmm. And I think in my personal opinion and my personal experience, I'm really happy that there's a large percentage of people that go into science because of this. But when you start, it's a very romantic thing. I was, I, I, I was, I was pursuing astronomy when I was younger, uh, ended up astrophysics, ended up experimental, blah, blah, blah. but astronomy is an insanely romantic science. You, you look at stars, mm-hmm. the constellations, you read, you sit in the planetarium and you sort of, you know, sit, you know, your legs folded cross-legged or whatever and you listen to someone talk about the planets and it's very awe-inspiring and then you get to it and you just start doing pages and pages and pages of mathematics and you start learning the formalities of it but i'm very happy that there's a large percentage of us that see the intricacies of this mathematics and see the complicatedness of, of all of this stuff that we've learned as humans and it literally just injects that romanticism directly back into the science and it gives you this like desire this tenacity to just continue to dig and dig and dig and it's something that just some generation after generation um you get interested because of something like superman or something like sci-fi or just staring up at the sky at night and then the really nitty gritty has a whole different type of like inspiration to it and it sticks and to I a think, lot of us it sticks i think a lot of people <clears throat> fail to see the beauty and the poetry Mm-hmm. that's in science it, there 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 really is i mean i have i don't know if anyone can see it up there <clears throat> i painted the golden ratio <laughs> very nice the golden ratio and it's it's science and it's art at the same time mm-hmm. because because it is mm-hmm. science is beauty and math at the same are you, time are you familiar with richard Feynman, the famous uh, physicist no he, he worked at the manhattan project he had one of probably oh. the the best personalities of any scientist you'll <clears throat> ever hear of. he was he's so fun to read he's, he's he's my favorite he's my favorite physicist to ever read about and he's there talking about um having conversations with a lot of his friends who are not really into science they're more, they're more artist type people and things like that and they talk about how he must not be able to appreciate the beauty of the universe. For example, seeing a flower, you look at it and you see this biology, you see processes, you see mathematics, you see shapes, you don't see the flower in itself. And his response, and you can find this, you can find this little monologue on YouTube, I think. Um, his response is absolutely beautiful. He just says, no, I don't think you quite understand. I'm still a human being. I still see the flower for a flower. I still see the petals. I still see the color. I still see the process of it growing. I still see the beauty of the flower on its surface, but I understand what's going on below the surface of the flower, what's going on with the particles, how they're, how they're growing, how the pattern of molecules, how the arrangement of these molecules come together to form this image that we see and this life form that is the flower. And so I would argue that I honestly having an appreciation, not knowledge, but just appreciation of the science I see more beauty than the average human being does because I can see both. I can see the human side. I can see the artistic side and I can see the mathematics side. And I I have to agree because I'd I'd like to think that I never lost my ability to appreciate things on an artistic level because I chose to study something that was very technical. You know, you you figure you learn what it took for it to become. Right. What it took to get there. What a miracle it is that it exists. Mm-hmm. That that's how I've always looked at it. Like yeah. it's 
when I realized um, my family, this is more of a statistical thing. Mm -hmm. My family, my Irish side of my family mm -hmm. came to the United States in 1841 on a coffin ship from the mm -hmm. Western coast, you know, from the County Mayo mm -hmm. in Ireland to Boston. Now a coffin ship, they, they were called coffin ships because people were literally stacked one on top of each other inside these boats because mm -hmm. the English would pay these captains, <clears throat> these ship captains, X amount of dollars for so many people on the ship. So, of course, they're like, eh, bring them on in here. We'll pack as many just, as we can to get more stack money. Them. Exactly. Wow. Whether yeah. or not they had enough clean water and food and space, you know, didn't matter. They're still getting paid. Right. What resulted was 70% of the people that ended up on these ships died on 70%. That. 70%. Wow. So that meant just for my ancestors or my great grandparents, just for my great grandparents setting foot on that ship, I had a 30% mm. chance of existing. That was just for that part. That's just that part. Yeah. That's crazy. And it wow. blew my mind. It was just like, this whole idea exploded that it's just a mm. miracle, a miracle right. to exist. And I was telling my boyfriend about it. Like it's, it's mm. a miracle. He's like, it's a miracle for any of us to exist. I'm like, you're, you're not. It is, it. you know, it's, 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 I don't, I, I never, I never mm. actually read the graphic novel, but it's very much. So the, 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 the movie version of, uh, of uh, Watchmen when Dr. Manhattan finally realizes that, Great book. You know, you gotta read it. I, I really need to finally realize that the person standing in front of him in itself is a miracle. Just the fact that they exist and the person that can understand the mathematics that make up every single thing in this universe. He can still find things that inspire awe in him just by the sheer numbers itself. <laughs> and it's a really cool, at least the, at least the movie version is a really cool thought and realization. I think. And it's totally true. When you sit back and relax and think about what are the chances of me existing? And then the fact that I do, it's, it's that in itself is just inspiring. <laughs> like it's and, and when we were kids, knowing this stuff, being interested in science was not cool. It was a very geeky, nerdy thing. Nerdy was not cool. But when right. you open yourself up to this, you really do open yourself up to the beauty of the universe, like how beautiful yeah. it really is. <clears throat> and you open yourself up to your own creativity, really. Like you Absolutely. really, really do. Oh, thank you, Shieldwall. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to have him back whether i have I would to drive back absolutely <laughs> you have to come better. all the way to austria to get me back then yeah no. oh. i would happily come back again absolutely don't threaten me with a good time dude honestly the weirdest thing i, I was telling you earlier sorry side story i was telling you earlier that you says born in los angeles blah, blah 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 and i had to explain to a friend that i was going to the land of arnold schwarzenegger not the land of kangaroos and it's really funny because if I get on my bicycle and I ride for about 15 or 20 minutes, I can be at Arnold Schwarzenegger's birth house because he was literally born right down the road from me. Really? And it's, it's bizarre because if you go to the lake that is around the area, 
it's like you can still see all of his old like exercise equipment and things like that. Um, but there's there's this fake. My ex husband boat. is just green with envy right now. <laughs> uh, they have a whole bunch of his stuff from his his whole his house is a museum actually, so you can go into his house and everything. Um, but if you go to the lake, they claim to have the boat where he uh, proposed to Maria Shriver, and there's just this old old oops, sorry this old rowboat with a picture of him and Maria Shriver from like 1970 or whatever. If I, if, if I could find it, I have a picture of it somewhere on my phone. You got to send it, it to me. I'll send it to you. That's <laughs> it's fantastic. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Oh, yes. On that note, guys, we need to get into nerdy news. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try and get through this as quickly as possible because Kier is up way past his bedtime. He's up way past his bedtime. <laughs> we don't have a whole lot. We don't have as much as we did two weeks ago. Last time we did Nerdy News. Nerdy News, Kier, is uh, where we just kind of break down what's been going on in the world of nerd, comic books and movies and such. Uh, the biggest news I noticed was that God bless her Fennec Shand. Ming-Na Wen received her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on May 30th, and her friends from the Joy Luck Club were there with her, and as a lady who super loves the Joy Luck Club movie, I cried like a big, floppy baby girl. But I saw that. I was like, I I love that thing. It was great. God bless her. I'm, I'm so glad she got that. Um, Mark Hamill has uh, done an interview where he feels, he says that he feels like his time as Luke Skywalker playing Luke Skywalker has come to an end. And he is open to the role being recasted. His, his call is on Sebastian Stan. Um, but he does feel that the character starring role days are done and that we should move on in the galaxy far, far away. Okay, then, Mark. But we still love Luke. I'm just letting you know, sir. Um, Mephisto is the one who bought Avengers Tower. And he's now talking tech. We don't know why. Why does Mephisto want technology? I guess we're going to find out in Ironheart. He's got the hood stealing tech for him. That's what I'm hearing. But we're going to find out. Um, Agatha Coven of Chaos. I was going to say that they've wrapped principal photography on all nine episodes, but right as we were getting ready to start, I got word that they have wrapped filming. So that's good news for us. Hoping we will get this by the end of the year. Um, we might get it at the end of the year because they may not have anything else to put out in its place due to the writer strike and possible actor strike. We do have a tentative deal on uh, the director strike. Like all of Hollywood's like, hey, you know what? Fuck it, we're not working. Mm. Okay, there's 12 million people living in LA. It's a fucking mess over there. That's why I don't like LA. There's too many people. I'm a country girl. Okay, hey, look, before I went to LA, 
I was like, I'm a city girl. I'm from St. Louis. I'm originally from Ferguson. I'm from the hood. Look at me. And then I go out to LA. I'm like, oh no, I'm country country. I learned things about myself. So <laughs> everything smelled like exhaust and there's 12 million people. And somehow In-N-Out Burger made French fries that were freshly cut, taste freezer burnt. I don't know how that happened. Ooh, it's a magic they pulled off. There's, there's too many people in LA. But don't come to Missouri. It's quiet here. I can't have you mess up my quiet meth-induced paradise. <laughs> I don't do the math. It's everyone else. It's not me. <laughs> I'm two beers in. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, we are now hearing that Aubrey Plaza, her character she's playing in Agatha Covenant Chaos, is not Morgan Le Fay, but in fact, Lady Death. Not Lady Death Strike, but Lady Death, who Mephisto and Thanos were constantly fighting over. So there's that. Uh, Vic and Viv are to appear in Vision Quest. You know, his kids that were in the West Coast Avengers thing when Vision made up his own family. Um, and that show is also going to have a connection to Scarlet Witch, Tony Stark, and Ultron. I say, well, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, he was married to Scarlet Witch, Vision was. He was created by Tony Stark. And Ultron was created by Tony Stark. And Vision was supposed to be Ultron's biological body. So, I mean, duh. That it just makes sense. I don't know. Uh, Children's Quest will be uh, will feature Tommy on a quest for Billy. I don't know more than that. That's all I know. Uh, I do know that Hulkling will be in it, so there is also that. Wolverine is to be in his yellow suit in Deadpool 3. Halle Berry, James Marston, Pompka Jansen also set to reprise their Fox X-Men roles. And I super hope Okay, there's a Marvel comic called Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. I really hope that Deadpool 3 is basically Deadpool Kills the Fox Universe. And he just goes through and kills all the Fox characters. That would be friggin' hilarious. Please, Brian Reynolds. Please. But come on. It's just too easy. It's too funny. Do it. Correct them. Did you hear that his football team played against an all women's football team and no. beat the living shit out of them? <laughs> they, they, okay, so it was Wrexham AFC played against a women's soccer team, or mm -hmm. there's a gnat in there, and he's really, really just wanting to be the host. Um, so for, for everyone here on, uh, Western Hemisphere, the soccer team, and a women's soccer team played against Ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob. I always, everyone says his last name wrong. McElhenney. <laughs> they have a soccer team called Rex AFC. The women's team played against a men's team. And the men's team just absolutely obliterated the women's team. So apparently there is a difference between men and women's sports. And Rexon was like, oh, 
sorry. Here are some cheeseburgers. Have a nice day. Oh, God bless it. Cheeseburgers. <laughs> uh, Magneto's dark nature against those that threaten him and those he cares for will be explored heavily in Deadpool 3, and that he will be based off of the ultimatum run of Marvel Comics. That's exciting. I like it. I like it when, when Magneto is complicated. I like complex Marvel comics because that is what makes it Marvel comics. Make it complex. Make it relatable. Make me question if I'm evil or not. That's what I want. I want to question my own intentions. Okay. And also, due to the writer's strike, this is crazy, Ryan Reynolds is forthwith and improvising lines on set of Deadpool 3. But it's, it's his own thing. He's banned from it. But it's, You're no longer allowed to make things up. I don't know. I'm sorry. Make things up. So, uh, 12, yeah, 12, 12, there, there, that was, they got wrecked by Wrexham. And it was 12 and 0. In football in soccer there's like one or two goals for the whole thing they got 12 and 0 i feel bad for those ladies but oh man you know ryan reynolds had to be like blake is gonna kick my ass when i get home she's gonna <laughs> kick my ass um yeah. anywho moving on um anyway that. I don't even know where he's coming from. Anywho, it really doesn't matter that much. Their scripts are finalized. Everything's finished. Okay? So, really, all they have to do is do it in post. So, hopefully, the writer strike doesn't last too long. And then you can... But then you kind of lose the moment. Or, yeah. maybe just kind of like that's what she said. <laughs> Save that later. You know? I don't know, but sometimes I lose the moment. I have to keep a notebook by the bed because I am not that quick-witted. I am not that quick-witted. If I lose the moment, it's gone. It's not coming back. Um, My Miles Morales, Spider-Man live-action movie is officially in the works due to the absolute phenomenal success of the Into the Spider-Verse movie, which I have not seen yet. Please don't volunteer any information about it. Thank you, Amanda, for asking first. I love you to please think that you're a good friend. My son is a-hole. He's going to these things without me. Oh, he's a jerk. Anyway, mommy's not cool anymore. Now that he's dating late. Um... Flash, The Flash continues to receive amazing reviews and pisses everyone off because it's working. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> none of us want to go see Ezra Miller. Every single one of us wants to go see Michael Keaton. Hmm. And it's working. It's a little unfair. We want to see Batman, but we don't want to see the Flash. Kind of sucks. It's true. It's really unfair. Um, also, Ezra Miller is not doing any press. He's not allowed to do any press for the movie. And he's going to have very, very minimal, very quiet uh, at the world premiere. And if you think about it, no one needs to see him. 
it's, they were like, oh, we don't know where he's at. We'd arrest him if we could. We can't find him. And we're like, he's in New Hampshire. <laughs> he's posting it on his Instagram. It says it right here. Like, I found him for you. We haven't seen him. So, <clears throat> anyway, he's going to have this very, very quiet, like, lived by world premiere. That's it. Um, here's some of the day, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, is the uh, Francais. My ancestors are French. My name is like the French's ass name you could ever get, but I've never lived in France. So I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing Corday correctly. But he is apparently in the running with, I'm just going to keep calling Corn Sweat because his name looks like Corn Sweat. He's in the running with him for uh, Superman. I, I think those are two really good choices. I've seen the dude, I have not seen him act. But uh, I think that's important. But I trust Gunn. I trust James Gunn quite a lot. I think he, he knows what he's doing. He's really knocked it out of the... Yes, they do need to hide Ezra until the movie is done. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Um, but I trust James Gunn, especially after the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. That was just perfection. But you know what? A St. Louis people were pretty good at uh, I don't know why I said that. I've never made a movie. I can't claim that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and Ryan Gosling proves time and time again that he is that bitch every time he does an interview for the Barbie movie. And I really, really love this dude. That, <clears throat> Dave and I started dating. He would, I, he would tell me to watch these Ryan Gosling movies. Like He loves this movie he was in called Drive. <clears throat> he likes Ryan Gosling. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't really, I don't really see it. I'm not like there. But he has done a couple of things that are absolutely hilarious. So he did a couple of interviews and people were like, oh, well, Ken, Ken, you're not really doing right by Ken. He's like, listen, if you really care about Ken that much, then you would realize that nobody gave a shit about Ken anyway. And that's the point. Like, you care, care by not caring? God bless you. God bless you, Ryan Gosling. And then he said he paid the Scottish bagpiper to show up on set in full kilt and everything and play I, I, we play Amazing Grace? I don't know. But he came and he played and when asked why, he's like, I just felt like it was necessary at the time. It needed to be done. You know what? Touche, Ryan Gosling. Sometimes you just need a Scottish bagpiper <laughs> to uh, play the pipes for you. Start your day. Set the mood for oh. I got that. And with that, you have to be. You know what that means, guys. It's time to wrap up the show. Or to, to bed. And let this old lady take a tinkle. So, with that, I'm going to thank my guest. Normally I would tell you where to follow him. But he doesn't want you to follow him. 
Oh, not know. yet. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> everything's under construction on my side still. I have, I have, I, I have an IG cosplay page that I'm making, but everything is completely, completely. Oh, he, I just, he, I just started doing it. So. And he cosplays. Excellent. Yeah, no, I, I just started 3D printing and started making stuff. I got really bored, oh. so I just decided to start this hobby, and it's been really fun so far. But, you know. I've been making Ahsoka armor. I have an Ahsoka headpiece that I made, but I need to remake it because mm -hmm. either my head grew or that head shrunk. Um, <laughs> One of the um, two. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, you know. If you would like to support the channel, you can do so by scanning that QR code up there. You can tip me as little or as much as you like, but I would appreciate it. Running this stuff is a little pricey. And I did have to buy a new computer. So, but that helps. Every little bit helps. Um, you can check out the website. All of our information is there. There's a gallery. There's literally anything. Everything I'm about to tell you is all right here on the website. You can follow us on all the socials. If you did not want to scan that QR code up there at the top, you can do the same thing at this website down here. I want to thank Hype Man Debo, who is my hype man, although she was not here tonight. It's fine. I'll allow it. Um, nah, 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 nah. There's one of the socials. I'm on Twitter a lot. It's, it, it constitutes my social life. It's just a thing that I do. Okay? It, it is. It just is. Uh, you can follow us on the TikTok, too. I use that as promotional material and also how I make my shorts. Not the ones that I wear, but the ones I promote the show with. You can also follow us on Patreon. It's another great way to support the channel and get cool free merch every three months. It's not exactly free, but I mean, if you're only paying $3 a month and you get merch every three months, it's almost like it's free. And you get like sneak peeks behind the scenes. You can request breakdowns. Now that I've got a new computer coming, I'll be back to doing breakdowns again. But there's cool stuff you can do on Patreon, and everything hits there first anyway. And you can buy merch, and there's all kinds of new merch designs now. I think we got like 23 merch designs. This is but one. The baseball tee is absolutely my favorite. But we now have designs for the individual shows, like Comics Redacted, uh, Inside the Small Council, Comic Book Clash. It's all there. And I've made them myself, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. I'm getting quite average at graphic design, and I'm rather proud. Once again, I want to thank Care for joining us this evening. He is very good at this. I think he might be better than me. He's probably going to end up taking over the channel. Good night, everybody. Here's your new host. Good night. <laughs> good night, everyone. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to... Uh... <laughs> Uh, thank you to the chat, Shieldwall. You've been excellent. <laughs> Shieldwall, Amanda, Tank, everybody, thank you so much. Um, I know we have more people watching that haven't been uh, active in the chat, but hey, you guys are the real heroes. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. Let the algorithm gods know that we are here and you want more of us for some weird, weird reason but I appreciate you. Once again, I've been Danny. He's been Care. As always, stay nerdy, babies. Bye.